welcome to the Happening Podcast and week two of Coronavirus 2020 update. I'm your host, Ted Koppel, with my co-host, Dan Ratton. No, 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 no. And that's the news to me. Hey, what's up? I'm Brian. (laughs) How you been, man? I've been good. I've been, man, I've been uh, doing a lot of push-ups and sitting. No, I really have not. (laughs) I've not been doing anything like that. I've been the opposite of a healthy human during the quarantine, other than trying to take the precautions of, you know, keeping um, virus-free. Using a lot of hand sanitizer, washing my hands a lot, trying to keep social distancing from... About ninety nine percent of the people. There's a there's a one percenter out there too that I get a little close to every now and again, but that's rare. You know what I mean? Guilty as charged. Yeah. <laughs> uh, there's Murray, and then uh, there's yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah. But uh, but yeah, it's uh, it's been okay. How about yourself? Good, man. Um, been getting outside a lot. Cut my yard. Uh, did a little yard work. I burned a hole in my deck. I don't know if I told you that. I you didn't look at know. that before you leave. Maybe I can help fix it was, that. It was my fire pit. Uh, I cooked out. I meal prepped for a whole week uh, like I normally do, but it actually worked out more. I cooked more than I normally would, and uh, I burned off some wood because, you know, weather's warming up, so I'm like, I don't need all this firewood. I'm not going to keep it for a whole year till it gets cold again, so I was like, I'll just burn some of it off while I'm cooking. Well, I came back in here and ate and look outside, and it's smoking. I was like, damn, that fire's going good. <laughs> I walk outside and the deck's on fire. I was like, no wonder it smoked me. But anyway, uh, it's a perfectly symmetrical circle of where my fire pit was. A perfect so. circle. Yeah. Your favorite rock band. <laughs> but no, man, you know, my thing is uh, they probably they probably played locally here at Fugly's back in the day. Uh, I'm a terrible food prepper, meal prepper. I will make things for the week, and I'll end up gradually eating them before the day I'm supposed to eat them. So, for instance, I'm trying now to uh, recoup quarantine food that I bought for the quarantine because I can't stop eating the damn food I bought from the quarantine. You know what I mean? Like it hadn't gotten here, but I won't quit eating my oatmeal. You know what I mean? Things that are, you know, I keep eyeballing those chicken noodle soups and go, man, those are easy to make. But instead, uh, we've both been doing something that we all should be doing. We've been patronizing our local eateries and restaurants. Yes. Uh, I want to give a shout out to all those folks for changing their business model for the rest of us in such a trying time because there's a few reasons we need the local eateries. Um, they are a real big part of the economy, A. You know what I mean? B, we're also all pretty lazy and like to just let them cook for us and see their way better than us. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. it. Um, we uh, Tupelo is, uh, what do you call Tupelo about food? It's America's what? Pound for pound best food town. It is pound for pound the best food town. And uh, they've done a good job of um, keeping us up to date on their cleanliness methods and, you know, like I said, doing curbside stuff. Uh, for instance, Mitch at uh, KOK went outside today and sold out in like an hour or two of burgers that uh, they were free. Free yeah. burgers and parm fries. And it was cash donations only. And he didn't even want any money for it. He wanted to take all the money that was pooled and give it to his employees that are going through a rough spot. And Adam Morgan is doing the same thing. He set yes. up maybe kind of like something like a GoFundMe. You know what I mean? Yes. Like our Venmo account. Um, tonight, and the podcast won't be up by then, but like Joe Austin and the Tallahatchies that are friends of ours. They're doing a live stream couch tour type thing where you sure. can Venmo them uh, for requests and appreciation. You know, the world as we know it is changing in this time. And I do think it's a good thing uh, because in the face of all of this adversity, uh, there is good coming out of it. You know what I mean? Uh, people are figuring out new ways to entertain themselves while still being with their family. Uh, the I'll be honest. I think the world has become more family friendly in the last two weeks. You got to hope so. You know what I mean? I really and think so. I, I need to speak on one thing because i know you probably won't but your company your business yeah blue delta is making surgical masks the protective mask uh in mass quantity we are to help with with doctors nurses nurse practitioners in the shortage right now so yeah you kudos know to you guys for you that. know well you know i, I know um yeah, we we are we got a fine line to dance here because we have wholesaler obligations to meet uh we have client obligations to me i mean people i mean i'll be honest with you having a website is an awesome thing at this time because when people are, are bored or they're sitting at home, they, they build the jeans on their app and they send us screenshots and say, all right, cool. Email me an invoice. You know what I mean? Like, I mean, people are using the clone system that we put in years ago. Um, remember the movie signs? Yeah. Okay. So it's funny how in signs throughout those people's lives, things happen that led them up to being able to defeat the aliens. Remember like the girl yeah. had asthma. That's right. You I mean like it was like little, th- yeah. and then, you know, uh, and, uh, and, uh, they had the bat up there for Joaquin Phoenix. He was a baseball player and, you know, he just swing yeah. away. And like all these things were a big deal. And they all led up to that. All of the decisions we've made at blue Delta have kind of led us to this, to be ready for this. You know what I mean? Like, Did and it's you ever think that you would be referencing signs in 
accordance to Blue Delta. No, but it kind of fits. You know what That's I mean? It, you know, like you know, I mean, man. and you know, we have all these seamstresses who they are. <sighs> it's going to sound funny. They're social distancers anyway. Yeah. They hang out with themselves. You know what I mean? And their grandkids. So like, we don't have to. They're they're they don't want to get sick. They yeah, want to be able sure. to come to work and. The gratitude that they uh, that they show us uh, when they're there, and, and and the gratitude we show them for being there is a big deal. And you know, we got to set up the factory, man. We got to quarantine it. We got we have to be safe sure. while we sew. And you know, there are legit things like if somebody gets sick, we have to be able to go sew in another part of the factory. So we're like we're sectioning off quarters. So if, sure, I mean, because if you get sick in one spot, that spot's done. That spot's done. You know what I mean? So it's got to be uh, it's got to be done right. And we're excited by it. And I'll say, um, Josh West, Nick Weaver. Tyler Sutliff, our CFO and also a partner in the company, Bud Holman, Johnson Benjamin, and uh, the sewers at Blue Delta, and, and then I'll even throw myself in there. Um, there is a real chance that with what we do could possibly help turn the tide of the spread of the coronavirus in the southeast. And um, it's bigger than any of us. It's bigger than a pair of pants. It's bigger than a dollar. And, and you know I can what I mean? tell you this, too. Now, I'm just speaking as a coach here. You know, coaches always preach about the little things. They add up to big things. This is a little thing that hopefully if other people are doing all these little things, it will add up to Yeah, I mean, if, if, if 20 other sewing facilities around the country are making a half a million masks like we're going to try to do in a week, um, a half a million masks go to people. And think about how many, if one person that has that mask on doesn't spread the coronavirus to 50 other people. Or is able to save somebody's life. Yeah, I mean, like, there might be one person that doesn't die because of what we do. I mean, it's a big deal, and it's almost like a surreal moment. I had to give a little bit of a pep talk to our, our workers Friday, and uh, not a pep talk because like, they were dragging, a pep talk like, hey, because we're, we're about to do something pretty monumental. Like, I remember being in high school and junior high and reading about certain companies who made, like, uh, you know, let's just say, like, uh, wind chimes, you know? Yeah. And then all of a sudden when World War II hit, they made shell casings. Yeah. And then they that that, that person become you know, then they become a, a worldwide supplier of this, you know what I mean? And yeah. we're always gonna make blue jeans, but I hope one day that people when they tell the story of how uh our region got through this tough time, that somewhere in the in the page there will be an inkling it'll say, and companies like so and so and so and so and blue delta jeans helped out in the shortages. And, and everybody's kinda pitching it. You know, I'm seeing uh I'm seeing breweries and distilleries mm-hmm. do hand sanitize. I mean, yeah. that's, that's American people, man. Uh, we're a resilient bunch. And, we are. Uh, and I'll say this. Uh, we didn't get to where we are by being uh, uneducated, not smart. Now, I'll say this. Uh, everybody's kind of bagging on the administration for how we've handled this. I'm not talking about the top. I'm not talking about what they've told us to do. Uh, the people in our age demographic and older are handling this well. But I'll tell you who's not, McKinley. Ooh. Man, the, started. the temperature just went up in the room. I'll tell you who's not handling this. Uh, the young folks are not doing a really good job right now of uh, social distancing. Um, I'm still seeing videos of you young folks enjoying spring break number two and three by palling around in uh, bars in certain cities. And I know, thank goodness, Florida closed the beaches because you weren't going to get off of those. Quit having house parties. This is not This is not that time, y'all. Like, I promise you, you th- they can wait. And, you know, I think that that age demographic, I guess you would probably say 17, 16 to probably 25. I was going to say old enough to drive to 25. Yeah, 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 that's that's, that's fair. So about 16 to 25, you're not getting it. And what you're not getting is that you've never had to deal with something like this. I'm a little bit older. I've never had to deal with something like this, but I have matured enough. And I'll just give you a little science lesson here. The myelin sheath in your brain does not develop until you're age 18. Mm-hmm. And the reason that's important is because, you know, th- I think they use that as the basis for voting, for, uh, you know, dra- getting drafted, uh, like, alcohol sales. Yeah, like 18 you know. is like the, the, the beginning of your threshold for real cognitive adult Right. Knowledge, and yeah. as you, as you, the more you you use those years around that eighteen number, to either further develop your brain or not further develop your brain, which is going on spring break and getting trashed every night and staying on the beach and making out in bars and doing this and that and the other, the more you're not becoming educated. It's the more you are combative when somebody tells you you can't do something. In other yeah. words, so it's a common sense to me and you, but. I don't know how you have a sit-down with everybody that age and say, look, we know it sucks. We know your high school baseball season ended. We know you may not graduate this year. We know that you're going to miss a spring break. You know you're almost done with college. Relax. Yeah. Um, 
I'll say this. Those kids are to blame because uh, they're adults, most of them, and they're making their own decisions. But I'm going to tell you who's also to blame, mom and dad. 100%. If, uh, if this was going on and I was, let's say, an 18-year-old kid finishing up my high school senior year at South Pontotoc, or if I was a, let's just say, I'm going to be honest with you, if I was a 37-year-old man and David Baldwin, yeah, I am a 37-year-old man, if David Baldwin was still alive, and he thought I was at a bar. Oh my gosh! The first time he saw me, he kicked my ass. Yeah, like literally, he would do everything. He would choke. He would choke me until I passed yeah. out. And he would be like, "You're an idiot. This is dumb." And like that's the thing, these kids don't get it because there's there's no empathy there. No. There's a sense of entitlement. Oh, uh, we're going to be okay. I'm going to be okay. I'm young and virile. Let me tell you something. You will not be thinking that when you get your grandmother sick. You're going to be thinking that when you get your uh, your sister who just had a baby. You know, who's a little bit older than you sick. I mean, there's a nine month old. In Clarksville, Tennessee, that got diagnosed today. Yeah, and 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 the kids, their children, toddlers and up, are resilient against the disease, but newborns are not because they're not developed at all. You know what I mean? And it's kind of a threshold there because when you're young, your lungs are so strong and so and so tough, and they build That's back right. so well. Kids are fine, but if they haven't gotten to that stage yet, it's tough. But anyway. Un- enough about the sad stuff. We yeah. just we just had to touch on it, but it's time to talk some good stuff. Yeah. Speaking of good stuff, we had some of the best stuff in town tonight. Oh. Tell our friends what you brought for supper tonight, McKinley Holland. So I went, Brian and I are pitching in the best we can, and we decided that we are going to, earlier today we decided we were going to support a local business uh, with supper, and we chose pizza versus taco, uh, which we've had before, given a full review on before. We had the PVT, which is uh, – it was short for pizza versus taco, but it is their signature pizza, I guess you. It's say. their best seller, and it and it is most mm-hmm. certainly their best seller. And it has the little char pepperonis, candied jalapenos, and local hot honey, and Romano cheese. And let me tell you, it is absolutely divine. I budgeted out the calories, and Brian didn't finish in, so I got two slices to finish before midnight, and I could not be further excited about it. I'll be <laughs> honest with you, I love that pizza so much that it was the second time this week I've had it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I think I, yeah, I think Wednesday I did a, I did a call in order. Uh, I had some company over at the house and we ate some pizza versus tacos. It was really good. Uh, pizza less than tacos. ten from a company. Yes, less than ten. It was just a one. I had a plus one. Good company <laughs> for good, sure, man. Well, yeah. no, no, it was f- phenomenal meal. And you know that, like Brian said earlier, like she she the, the curbside service was perfect. It took fifteen minutes. Of course, I live close by. I got there. The, she asked the make and model of my truck. I pulled up. By the time I put it in park, she was out the door with my food. Was she cute? Did you slide her them digits? No. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I mean, I, I not, oh god, you've done put me in a <laughs> young lady. You were cute, but no, Brian, I did not. Okay, I was just checking. Yeah. Anyway, uh, just, just just in case. You know, uh, the other night I was well. I ordered the uh, the churro dessert. Oh. So it's a it's these big old long churros, oh. and it has a uh, homemade like uh, whipped cream with fruity pebbles. In yeah. It. I almost got it. Man. I almost got it. Or that of the Scarlet's Donuts taco that we spent. But it has ice cream, so it might and have it been melted. Cream, so yeah. it, would have, it wouldn't have been. And yeah. you know how much I love ice cream. I know. It is literally, I man, sometimes you can cut my blood open and then my bleed Rocky Road. Speaking of which, I got another local business you can support. Okay. I, uh, yeah, because you do love ice cream. You go to Bops, mm-hmm. get the... Oh God! What are the, the the Hawaiian Crunch? Okay, but get it with uh, fat-free frozen yogurt instead of ice cream. You tell them Coach Holland sent you. I can do that. Get the get the mini. Okay, it's a hundred and seventy-five calories. Okay, it's yeah, that's way better for me than what I've been doing over at uh, Dairy 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 Queen. Oh, how good is that place? I go well. It has. I'll be honest. They're not local, so they're not listening. But it has the worst service in the history of service in the drive-through. I'll wait in line for like twenty minutes just for them to say, "Hey, can I take your order?" But I get that. <laughs> yeah, I get that. Uh, they do the blizzard, right? Yeah, the, the blizzard. I did. I get a blizzard, a uh, cookie dough blizzard with the uh, peanut butter in the middle of royal. Right. Man, dude, it's like I got a plug of peanut butter in it, and I mean, it's it's. I'm not diabetic, but it, if something, if I do, it'll be because of that. Let, let me treat you to a box later this week. All right, it may change your mind about some things. Every time somebody talks about bops, I 100 percent think of that Dan Seal song from the '80s, the country song "Bop." <laughs> I want to bop with you, baby, all night long. I love that song. That's a shout-out to Bud Holman. He's a big fan of Dan Seals. <laughs> but anyway, all right, well, i got to ask you some quarantine questions. You ready? Ask away. First of all, spell quarantine. 
Q-U-A-R-A-N-T-I-N-E, quarantine. You didn't even need a country of origin. Congratulations. Second place, fifth grade, <laughs> Lee County. Okay. Come get it if you want it. I don't. <laughs> I don't want any of that smoke. I've told that story before. You have. Friend gra- graduated with her. Candace Reddy beat me in the uh, the championship of the the school district. Surely uh, she cheated, though. No, I got electroluminescence. She got conductor. Oh. And I had 102 fever. They they cheated you. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I cried. I got beat. I've cried worse than that than I have ever any sporting event loss ever. I got beat in the Indianola Academy school spelling bee. I finished second, but I won my grade. But I got beat by a girl who was two grades younger than me, and uh, I had a word similar to that. It was like photophosphorescent. Yeah. And she had bewilder. <laughs> I wanted to look. So what the hell? Get out of here. Can I get a timeout to consult with my people first? Hold on. Hold on. What kind of crap is I, And I even did the, the scripts thing, too. I was like, can I get the language of organs? You know, can I get that? Can you use it? In the, you know, I did all that, and I was like. The stall tactic. All right, electroilluminescent. And I, I got messed up on the CS. Alu- uh, yeah. Essent. Yeah. And I mean, I got it all right up there, and then I got the. Eh, and I was like, <clears throat> 102 fish started crying immediately because she started. She got excited. Yeah, and she should have. Did she spell I mean, your word and her word or just her no, word? No, she just had to spell conductor. Oh, God. Which. And you want to look she at. She got opera the word before that. Which I didn't. I think I had uh, illuminate before that, which is which which wasn't as bad, but it was still opera and conductor versus illuminate and electroluminescence. Shenanigans is what I say. Yeah. Full which I could have spelled to win that thing. Did somebody say shenanigans? <laughs> Next man. <laughs> well, all right. Well, my question, my next question about the quarantine is, um, if you were going to be quarantined, I'm going to ask two different ones. If you were going to yeah. be quarantined with a professional athlete, who would it be? Oh man, one pro dead or alive? Yeah, Bon Jovi style. <laughs> um, man. All right. Okay. I would say, well, okay, this gets a little deeper. If I choose dead, can they comment on things that have happened since they've been dead? Sure, man. It's your, it's your quarantine, weirdo, dead people, doesn't matter. Babe Ruth. Okay, man. He would drink you under the table. Well, he would, but I would, I would want to ask him, you know, Questions like, you know, what do you think about your records being broken? What do you think about dual position players? What do you think? Do you think you could play now? Mm. You know, you know, like that's that's why I said dead or alive. How are you so fast? Yes, <laughs> How, it, it gets around the bases. People forget this. Babe Ruth is still in the top twenty-five all-time in strikeouts as a pitcher. As a pitcher, <laughs> yeah, he, I, mean, he, he I think he won the nineteen nineteen World Series. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, it's ridiculous. But back then they had a guy named Three Finger Brown who pitched. So I don't know. <laughs> Change-up was insane. Yeah, <laughs> the three-finger fastball. <laughs> Antonio Alfonseca threw a six-finger fastball. He had an extra finger. He, he did. Man, All right, I so, miss baseball. So, okay, so you would go with Babe Ruth. Um, you know, I guess conventional wisdom would kind of think, like, oh, man, I would like to be like with, with Larry Bird or Michael Jordan, but but not because Jordan would just talk down to me the whole time, and I'd hate yeah. myself. Larry Bird would probably be boring. And yeah. you dream me on the table. Um, you know, I'd want to have fun um, while I was quarantined, but also learn some things. Man, this is Did tough. I throw a wrinkle in it when I said dead or alive? Yes. I figured I did. <laughs> yeah, because now, yeah, now I'm thinking of who's yeah who I can hang out with. Michael Vick would have been a good one. Yeah. Just because you could see, like, man, you've been the highest and the lowest. Talk about both. Yeah. You know? He would be a good one, you know. Uh, in certain times of my life, Ricky Williams would be a cool guy to hang out with. Uh, <laughs> uh, let's see here. Uh, all right, I'm gonna throw it out there. I think it's a no-brainer. Um, give me Shaq. Oh, that'd be so good. I think it'd be so fun. Him and Charles Barkley. Him you, one of the well, not Shaq Charles. Is, give me Shaq because Charles Sha- made me feel bad. Shaq would ultimately turn it into a good time. And he's gigantic. And he just, yeah. He he's do like, anything I needed around the house. Shaq is like when you have a. Clean uh, my ceiling. You know how like everybody loves bulldogs, like yeah. the actual animal? Right. Shaq is like a bulldog. It's like, I don't know anybody that doesn't like Shaq. Right. You know, like, so like when Shaq's in the room, all you can do is stare at Shaq and be in awe of Shaq. I would like, uh, I would like to be in there with Shaq. And then like in an old school way, I would really like to, uh, I think it'd be fascinating to have a conversation with Red Arback. 
the old Ooh, Celtics owner I watched, and coach. I uh, watched Without Bias yesterday. Really? With the Lynn that's, Bias, the yeah. 30 and, and, and that's why, because, you know, I would like to hear those stories because he pretty much used his great uh, leverage and stuff to get what he wanted and develop the rules for the league. Like, for instance, he traded the ice capades to the Knicks, I think, a few times a year because he owned the ice capades, the, the traveling ice yeah. skating thing. They wanted the ice capades to come to the Garden. So he traded the ice capades two times a year to the Garden for the rights to Bill Russell. How insane is that? He traded the ice capades twice a year for 11 championships. 11. Crazy, right? He had the he wow. had four of the top five players in the NBA on one team. He had yeah. Sam Jones, Casey Jones, Bob Cousy, John Havlicek, and uh, Bill Russell. So he had five of the top six. And then the other best one was Wilt Chamberlain. You know, I mean, it's just, insane. It's crazy. How, but, you know, he just knew how to work the rules. And I, I think he'd be fascinating. Um, all right, cool. And give me, a, I'm going to give you another one here. A musician to be quarantined with, okay? And the thing is, they have to be cool and they got to sing for you every day. So who could you deal with in that? You got to pal around with this musician and they got to sing for you and with you probably because I know you like to sing. Mine is a no brainer. Adele. I knew it. Could you put up with her for the whole time though? You think, think she's so. cool? If we were quarantined, she wouldn't have a choice. <laughs> think about it. <laughs> okay, I like your. But like, yeah, I would say Adele. And I, I don't know why I would say Adele. Just like, I mean, like you can't be awake the whole time you're here. So it'd be nice to wake up to. I heard that. You, oh, I guess Adele's up. <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> like I don't know. I, I, I mean, I could, I couldn't, I couldn't say like. I mean, I wouldn't say like uh, Motley Crue. I mean, I wouldn't want any Travis right. drug abuse going on twenty four seven. There's a funny story about Motley Crue. Speaking about them, that you would probably be out on. Uh, there was a documentary done, and they were talking about the wildest things that ever happened. They were talking about how when they would go to a, the hotel room after the show, they were on tour, they would have to one-up each other. So, like, one of them would do, like, this with their drugs or this with their drugs. And, like, they were doing all kinds of crazy stuff, and Ozzy was in the room. And all of them were doing these outlandish things with their drugs and, like, slicing each other's arms up with knives and bleeding everywhere and stuff. And they were like, what are you going to do? And Ozzy just, like, calmly got out of his chair and walked over to the table where there was some old Coca-Cola and there was a line of ants, and he snorted a line of ants. They show it in the in that Netflix. Documentary. For real? Yeah, I mean, it legit. Well, as a matter happened. of fact, it's uh, the the bass player. I can't think of his name. Nikki Six. Yeah, he pees on the ground. Ozzy pees on. Ozzy snorts a line of ants. <laughs> then Ozzy pees on the ground and drinks it, <laughs> and then Nikki Six pees on the ground and Ozzy drinks his pee. That's the craziest. It's like ever. really? Yeah, I don't want. I would hang. not be quarantined with that. No, you definitely dive for something else. <laughs> yeah. So all right. So who's your musician? You think? Adele. Adele, that's for sure. Yeah, that's I right. think so. You're going with that. I was trying to talk you out of it, but you're going with Adele. I got to. Hey, you know, and I love may spark up, you know? You never know, man. And she, We're both losing weight. You are, and she has a an angelic voice. You know, and, and that would be like a, it would be cool if she actually wrote a song about me that wasn't a negative song about a past relationship. Yeah, so don't live with Reba McIntyre, because she's going to talk about how you broke <laughs> you, her heart. Reba McIntyre, Adele, Taylor Swift will cut you open. <laughs> Whoever Drew is, the... Taylor Swift's first boyfriend. She was like three albums on that guy. Man, that guy made her rich. <laughs> he probably had bad acne. And then he was the backup <laughs> shortstop. Powerlifting guy. <laughs> Drove a Mustang. <laughs> I, I, mean, I know this guy. You should be kind to everyone because you have no idea what they're going through. For sure, for sure. And some of them can play guitar and sing. Yeah, and they end up being beautiful. <laughs> anyway. Oh, dude. I, I would... uh. I would want to be, man, I'm going to be honest with you. I, in terms of who I want to be quarantined with, and I talk about this guy often, but give me Andy Frasco or give me death. Cause, that would be Because it was fun. He's doing fun stuff, but and he, he just, he'd be fun to pal around with. I and, saw a video he, he put on. He said, we're going to dance in the house naked. The, was it, uh, the Pointer Sisters. The Pointer Sisters. <laughs> I wanted, he's doing cameos now, so the cameo videos. So if you got somebody that needs some cheering up, you can drop him a few bones, and he'll do a funny video, send it to him. Nice. You know what I mean? So he's a good guy. But, uh, you know, he's he's not a mainstream guy. You know what I mean? Yeah. But that would be one um, who I would really want to hang out with. But in terms of the mainstream folks, you know, like an Adele or somebody like that, who would I want to hang out with? Um, man, hell, give me Phil Collins. Because oh, first dude. of all, first of all, he can sing. But he's not like the world's greatest singer, so it would be fun. He wouldn't be overpowering Careful. me. I didn't say the world's greatest singer. You might have been. You might be with the world's greatest singer. But my thing with Phil Collins is, 
my, my thing with Phil Collins is I might have to keep him alive. I mean, yes. like, I, I need to make Let's sure. Let's national treasures here. <laughs> yeah. I've got to keep Phil alive. That would be cool to have a sense of responsibility. Like, if it all happened and everything went south and Brian kept Phil Collins alive. If you, Brian. I'd Brian you. If you said, <laughs> what would be the, all right. If you, <laughs> if you asked me, Brian, after this is all said and done, and the world could remember you for one thing, or a, a, two things, what would it be? Number two would be making masks to save millions of lives at Blue Delta. Number one would be entrusting me with the responsibility to keep Phil Collins <laughs> and, and, <laughs> and Bill Murray. If I could keep those two alive, it would be a coronavirus epidemic or pandemic done well. <laughs> Yeah. Well, I tell you, our greatest national treasure oh. is Brian Baldwin because he kept these two alive. And Man, this also reminds me of uh, the end scene in Ghostbusters Part One, kind of close to the end, where they're all in the mayor's office and they're talking about, in layman's terms, what's going on here. And he <laughs> says, "We're talking real wrath of God, Mayor." He's like, "You know, dead, rising from the grave, rivers overflowing." And then Pete Vaman goes, "Cats and dogs living together, mass hysteria." <laughs> And that is what is going on right here. It is literally cats and dogs <laughs> living together. Oh, oh man! So yeah, I would I would have to go. Um, it would be tough not to live with Lionel Richie, though. You know what I mean? Because yeah. I don't. He's old too. I want to keep him alive, and that'd be good. Okay, that that brings me to something I want to ask you. <laughs> I hope it's as fun as the first two. Questions. It's going to be pretty fun. It's not really quarantine. It is quarantine related, but so speaking of Lionel Richie at work, uh, we had to work today. Uh, like I said, trying to get a little bit of a head start on what we got going on for the masks and had my headphones in, uh, after everybody kind of left to get some stuff done. And <clears throat> I was instantly taken back to like 1985, 86 when I was younger, not to date my age, but I heard a song and it, it popped into my head and it was kind of a realization to me that this was my first favorite song. Like it was the first one ah. I remember going. I love this song. I sang it all the time as a kid. I danced to it. Like I, there are video, home videos of me that my mother had of me dancing to this particular song, and that song is Lionel Richie's "Dancing on the Ceiling." I love that song with the fury of a thousand suns. Like it came on today, and I couldn't stop dancing around the factory. And like I mean, it wasn't like it was a it was a total subconscious thing. You know, I mean, just yeah. I remember how as soon as it came on, like the first. It didn't have a note. Like the beginning of the song is, it's like Lionel Richie and some dudes walking down the hall, and you hear their footsteps, and they're and talking you know about. They're talking about like, what's going on down here? And all of a sudden, the door opens. It's totally eighties, the most eighties thing ever. But man, it took me back. You know, what I mean, it got me thinking about like my first, you know, like my my first favorite song, the first CD I ever heard, uh, my first movie that I remember loving. You know what I mean? So, my, I got a couple questions for you. What was your first first favorite song? What was the first thing you remember? You got two. All right. Number one, John Michael Montgomery sold, also known as Grundy County Auction. Do you want to do that? Do you want to do that for a second? We can do. I that. don't know that I can. It's oh. so fast. Sold to the lady in the long black dress. Yes, what she want? Okay, <laughs> that's all I got. Pretty blonde dress. My, yeah. my, I love that song too. I love the video. Uh, oh, dude! But no, I, uh, that was actually the second CD I ever got, and I got it as a gift uh, for my like my. Fifth, sixth birthday. I don't even remember. It was a pool party at my house. I bought it off the Columbia House thing <laughs> for a penny. <laughs> One cent. <laughs> I'm still paying Columbia. How did they, they ever get away with that? But uh, that one, and then the other one. I knew you're. you're I knew you're going to make fun of me for this, but it is uh, Mariah Carey. Always be my baby. Okay, I love that song. Okay. I cannot help it. It's a good uh, one. It's always interesting because my buddy Will is a big Whitney Houston fan. He had. Uh, I will always love you, or uh, I want to dance with somebody. Played at his I wedding. I love that song. He, it's his favorite song I, ever. I, I want to dance with somebody's fun, man. I play that at all the weddings that I DJ and all the parties and stuff. Well, there was a live band, and he he said he said y'all are not playing our wedding unless you sing this song, and they did it. We all had a blast. But I'm that way with Mariah Carey. That song, that part of that song. Don't you want to dance? You want to dance? Don't you? That, that part gets me jacked up, I man. I know. Oh. but that's that's me with always be my baby. I don't I don't know why. I really don't even have a recollection as to why I like that song, but it was. You remember me of Forrest Gump right then. I don't remember my first birthday. I don't, but I do remember. But the first I do time. remember the first time I heard that sweet voice. 
Uh, but I think it's because it was the first easy family car sing along of the early nineties. Like and like, my sisters liked it. I liked it. Mom liked it. How we wasn't speaking English yet, so everybody was good. <laughs> wasn't cussing <laughs> you know, in like, it. So, but I don't know. Like I, that one just sticks with me, and I, I I like it to this day. I remember, of course, dancing on the ceiling was my first favorite song. Another song of prominence from my youth, and man. I had an uncle. I have an uncle. I don't see him often. He lives in Florida, down in the villages down there. All those old folks are quarantined at the villages. Oh, yeah. There's like a million people that live in those places. Good luck to them. No kidding. I mean, like, if a, something like that got in the villages, it could take uh, a long time. <laughs> for real. Yeah. Like, you know, yeah. But uh, he was a big Gloria Estefan and the Miami Sound Machine fan. Ah. So I remember going to, like, for, we went to their house for the 4th of July. And sure. I remember, like, there were posters. He's a grown man, but he had, like, a garage. There were, like, posters of Gloria Estefan, you know what I mean, and stuff. But one of my... <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> no, it's true. I remember her wearing like a workout outfit. My mom covering my eyes, but like just keep walking. I was like six. <laughs> but uh, I was, I am a big fan of the song, uh, The Rhythm Is Gonna Get You. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah. Dude, I, lo- I, I love that song. <laughs> it, it, I've listened to Yacht Rock on my Spotify playlist. <laughs> And and it uh, it came on today as well. So I, I it was a it was a good day for music. But my first CD uh, that I ever owned was Life's a Dance by John Michael Montgomery. A little bit earlier than that cool. one. Cool. Yeah, it was the first one I ever owned. Sometimes and, you come <clears throat> as you go. It's true. <laughs> sometimes Mine, you lead. Sometimes uh, you follow. But you know what? Don't worry about what you don't uh, know. <laughs> Life's a dance. You learn as you go. <laughs> uh, Lannis Morissette, Jagged Little Pill. Ah, there's some listeners to our First podcast. I have, I have a few listener friends of uh, the podcast that are big fans of Alanis. She's playing in Nashville. Doesn't get canceled. First CD. Really? I was in the seventh grade when that came and out. And probably shouldn't have been. Yeah. But I had two older sisters that really, really enjoyed the grunge phase. Mm-hmm. Ashley was, like, in high school, and Emily was, like, getting out of middle school, going into high school. And here I am in, like, I was second a, grade. I was a junior high kid at Indianola Academy. I remember living yeah. living on Clover, Clover yeah. Lane, Clover Street, whatever. Uh, first CD I ever heard, Pure Prairie League, Amy, my Uncle Gary and them, had a CD player. What you want to do? I know. I think dude, that's my, probably my favorite. What that, a banger. That and Much Too Young to Feel This Damn Old might be my most favorite song. That's my time. favorite Garth song. For sure, for sure. Um, Aren't our songs the same? <laughs> <laughs> but, no, you asked that question and you kept talking about it. It was so crazy because you brought that Forrest Gump reference up it's like i'm in having an epiphany right now because that's the first rem- movie i remember falling in love with forrest gump 1994 i think that's right like every movie yeah. like before that i was like oh yeah i saw that but like for <clears throat> forrest gump was the first movie i remember i think i was nine years old that i was like god this is good my parents went and saw it first and then they were like you're not gonna like this and then they came back and like mac you gotta see that movie so I'm going to tell you a few first for me that I remember, like early, you know, recollections. First movie I ever remember, An American Tale. Oh, so good. The first We've five. talked about that we recently. Have. First movie so I remember, uh, dad was a single, mom and dad had split, dad had me for the weekend, and I'm pretty sure that was the first movie I ever went and saw yeah. uh, that I remember. Um, <clears throat> another movie I remember was the first Batman. Okay. Mom was the operator for South Central Bell. But, and now, were we, were we talking about Adam West or... Michael, Michael Keaton. Keaton. Michael oh, Keaton. dude, that was on the other night. Yeah. Uh, that star study was that cast. Oh, dude, so good. Dude, there's Kim like... Kim Basinger. Kim uh, Basinger, Jack Nicholson, Danny DeVito. He was, uh, well, a, he was in two. two yeah. Uh, but Christopher Walken. <clears throat> he was in two. He was in two. But like just that, and, uh, that series. Michelle Pfeiffer was in two. Michelle Shoot, Pfeiffer. Yeah, that was, that, yep. Um, and then, um, of course, Ghostbusters came out when I was too young to watch it in theater. But I really remember Ghostbusters 2 was 89. But yeah. before that, I remember films. But... I think I probably went to the theater and watched the worst film of all time as a kid, and I loved it. And it was No Holds Barred, starring Hulk Hogan. Ooh, that's tough. It's a really bad film. It's tough. I, I thought it was great. I remember leaving, so oh, excited, yeah. and looking at my dad. I was like, "That was the greatest film ever! Thank you so much, Dad." And my dad literally looked at me, and I think he, won- I think he actually said, "Brian, that was a big bag of." Like I'm, you, pretty, you know, I'm pretty sure it's what he said. It's weird you mentioned that because like there's so many movies you remember from your childhood that you left the theater and you were like, "Oh my god." Three Ninjas? I can't wait for the second one to come out. I know. I'm going to go ahead and tell you. Be careful. Because there are people that listen to this podcast that are in my group text that will kill us if we bag on it. Rocky and Tum Tum? I know. I, Reed Flowers and I have debunked <laughs> the myth 
of the Three Ninjas saga before. I promise. I I, I know some of these people. I know. And I enjoy I enjoyed the movies and probably could watch them enjoy them now. We, I love they're watching bad, but old, they're fun. Yes, they're bad, but I they're love fun. watching old bad movies that are fun and debunking everything that like. You know, it's okay, man. You you have a semi-automatic weapon going into a cabin right now. Surely you can handle three chi- you know, three kids under thirteen, but apparently not because they know karate. You know, like I was thinking of a film. I've I been s- down that rabbit hole with Reed a couple of times. <laughs> I watched uh, you talking. I don't know what you're talking about. Made me think of like we're we're two. We're, how, I'm, I'm, I just turned thirty-seven. You're thirty-five, right? Thirty-four. You're thirty-four. So like it's like weird how those three years are defined by the different movies. You know what I mean? Yeah. So like. <clears throat> like your first like real recollections of like things are literally like th- the three years after me, like yeah, Last yeah. Dance, the Soul, like and so like you're talking about like these films. Well, I'm like half a click older. Yeah, you know what I mean. So yeah. like I remember Blank Check. I remember Blank Check. Yeah, you know what I mean. But like I mean, you know, like think about what would you do with a blank million dollar check? And he had that hot chick. It was an adult. Was that movie in response to Richie Rich, or was Richie Rich in response to Blank Check? They were both like same time. They were very similar. Richie Rich was the actual Disney film that was like a, I think it was a Disney film, but it was a. Well, I think they're both Disney films, but Richie Rich was like yeah. the the franchise already. It was a comic, yeah. and then Blank Check was its own thing. Blank Check was way I've better. I've debunked Blank Check too. Really? Tell me about this. Well, then there's no way he could have afforded a roller coaster on his property. That the check alone wouldn't have covered the cost. Like yeah. I mean, I get that. I mean, the money couldn't have been completely endless. Like, I mean, who's paying taxes, in other words? <laughs> you have to go back and watch it as an adult to, like, start to think about these things. For sure. But, yeah. I, I, <laughs> damn, you just ruined it for me. You're arguing. Your five-year-old bride's head, arguing yeah. over here. Man. I, lo- I know. Uh, I know. Another film from my youth that I love that's actually creepy as hell, Dennis the Menace with Walter oh, Matthau. Dude, Christopher and, uh, Lloyd was so creepy. Christopher Lloyd. eating them beans? <laughs> yes. I'll never forget that. And he farted. At <laughs> I love Dennis the Menace. I watched Days of Thunder the other day, McKinley. It was the first film I saw was Surround Sound. So I remember sitting on a couch and hearing the cars drive around. You know what I mean? They have no idea how big of a deal that was. Like, you went and saw them, and they made movies, like, specifically started to make movies once Surround Sound came out, so that, just so that it would enhance the movie. Like, you know what I mean? Like, they made movies just because they were in Surround Sound. If that makes sense, yeah. Like you know, like it was great, but the, and you know now they're all and you know they did it all around you. That that whatever that the is. THX thing. But yeah, but back then it was like, oh man, this is in surround sound, guys. All right, so I'll remember. Okay, we were talking about <laughs> movies that signified the beginning of like your movie fandom. Yeah. You know, you're talking about Forrest Gump. My first film that I remember that was around the similar time that actually made me go, I love movies. And I want to go every Friday night. Jurassic Park. Oh, so good. Uh, that was it. So you talking good, about the man. You talking about the surround sound? Jurassic Park into the Forrest Gump into the Independence Day. Like that era. Like it wasn't a bad movie. You know what I mean? No, like, I mean like No, it, dude. I mean, they like, were on the movie like Paramount Pictures, uh what's the one with the tiger? Met- Metro Goldwyn Mayer. Metro Goldwyn Mayer. Yeah. They were on fire. Columbia Paramount was, good. was on fire. Columbia was on fire. Everything was just Throwing at just every movie Touchstone? that came out. Remember, like you knew by the the graphic yes. that started, yeah, yeah. The little sun that came across. Yeah. Yes, dude. Amblin Entertainment was E. T. That's I right. Think, I think That's I right. That's yeah. another movie I remember from my childhood. I, you know, I'll be honest with you, I never really got much into it. I didn't either. I, uh, I, I just I, remember I had to watch it. I'll tell you a movie I saw ten billion times. So I watched Dirty Dancing more times than a man could go to town. So good. Patrick Swayze was my mama's dude. You know what I mean? Like, you know, oh, everybody's I'm, mama's like, dude. as I've gotten older, I ain't going, I mean, I've gotten older, like, I understand, like, the ways of the world. And my mom was a single mom. Or one time she was married to this really crappy guy named Richard and Carver who was never there. But I am sure that she 100% watched those Patrick Swayze films for her own benefit. You know what I mean? Like, you know what I mean? <laughs> it's got Pat Swayze in it. Yeah. watching it. Yeah, yeah. Like, <laughs> oh, here's Ghost. I don't care. You know what I mean? Like, she would have watched I had to watch. My mom thought Pat Swayze was a smoke show. She thought that Robert Redford was a smoke show. He is. A ha- he is. And she thought that Javi Lopez, the catcher for the Braves, was a smoke show. <laughs> I think... That was partially why my mom watched Braves games. I watch Braves games because I love baseball. And she loves baseball, too. But it didn't hurt that Javi Lopez was a catcher. And every time he threw somebody out at second base, you know, you have to take, you have to pop your mask off if you're the catcher. Yeah, he did. Or that's what they did back then. Now they just throw it. But back then you popped your mask off and you chunk it down. They'd z- Turner, Turner Broadcasting would zoom in on Javi Lopez. And, oh, he's such a honk. 
but really, my catcher. <laughs> you know, she wasn't saying that about Benito Santiago. <laughs> no, she wasn't. He looks like Danny Trejo's. Cousin. He looked like a cocaine kingpin in a Miami <laughs> Vice episode. <laughs> Why do we get on this rabbit hole? Anyway, all right. So that that's kind of what I, you know, I always just like to ask you a few things. You know what's going on? I hate trivia got canceled this month. Yeah. So I had to ask a few questions. They weren't trivia questions, but um, I, I got another thing. You know, um, we got to kind of talk about uh, in the leave it to NFL football in a world of no sports and quarantine to start. Just decide to make moves and throwing money at everybody. So I guess we got to start right at the top. Yeah. Tom Brady is a buck. Weirdest transaction in NFL history. I couldn't. I guess as a player standpoint, why the Bucks? Is there? I mean, they went seven and that. nine. I get. I get. I get. Okay, from explain him. to me a football side. He walks into the best receiving core in the NFL. Uh, Mike Evans. Is, is an ultimate downfield threat, has been a downfield threat, even with bad quarterback play for the past X amount of years. Uh, Chris Goblin burst onto the scene last year, is turning into the premier. He is what – nobody missed Antonio Brown because of what Chris Goblin did. He is the new slot machine. I mean, just you put him in the slot, he gets on mismatches, and he will catch 10, 12 balls a game. Uh, O.J. Howard is an emerging tight end. Uh, it, it just Alabama. Yeah, Alabama went off in the national title game, lightly used, and then went nuts in the national title game. But man, I'm uh, that that perspective alone, it makes sense to me. Because if I, I guess if I'm thinking like Tom Brady, in his entire career in New England, this year was the worst in terms of not having anybody to throw the ball to. I think he was really tired of not having weapons. Like, you know, he had a short window of weapons when, like, Edelman was young, Amendola yeah. was there, Gronk, Gronk, but, like, Hernandez. yeah, and then, you know, um, you know, for a while he had Moss oh, for yeah. a little while, but, man, he was really, as great as he is, he was having to manufacture too much at his age. Right. You know, um, he's not well, like Br- he's, Breeze. He's too old to do that. He, I think he looks at Drew Breeze and goes, this guy has all these weapons, and they're really trying to build it around him. And I got them just saying, "You're great. We can do it with nothing," you know. And I think he, you know, and that, that it's weird you say that. I'm because I'll speak to this too. I think a part of the other reason why Tom bolted for Tampa, not just for the receiving core, you know, the nice weather and Bruce Arians, who's apparently an offensive genius quarterback guru. Yeah, and he's a big fan of Tom's. Yes, but I think the more I think about it, do you remember? when the Pats traded Jimmy G to San Francisco. And Jimmy G, Robert Kraft kind of manufactured this thing. He said, no, we're keeping Tom. Tom's our guy. He's always been our guy. Let Jimmy G go. Well, apparently Belichick did not want to let go of Jimmy G. So maybe it's one of those things where he's saying, you know what? Ultimate amount of respect for you, Bill. I mean, you've been at this a long time, but it's time to part ways because when it was time to stand on the table for me, you wanted the young guy. So I think that has something to do with it. I really do. I think in a roundabout way, Tom wanted to F him, like you're saying. You know what I mean? I, agree. I think in a roundabout way, he, he knew their hand was kind of tied. There's no quarterbacks on the market. If they want one, they got to trade or draft. And I'm going to tell you, if you're a fantasy football person, not that we talk about this stuff a lot, Draft Jimmy G. And yeah. the only reason I say this, bad rap in the playoffs, last two games, he threw for 97 yards total over two games in the Super Bowl in the NFC Championship. But Bill Belichick wanted to fight for this guy for what's arguably the greatest quarterback of all time. Right. And the 49ers were not willing to trade him this offseason. So, obviously, there's something missing that we don't know. What I think about Jimmy G is I think he's talented, and I think everybody realizes he's almost there. Yeah. And that I think they know he's a smart guy. Yeah. If he was a Jameis Winston. Oh, no. And still kind of floundering and doing, you know, inconsistent. I don't wish poorly on anybody, but I'm glad to see Jameis Winston and Cam Newton looking for a job right yeah. now. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, but the thing about. Selfish. The thing about Selfish Cam, players. though, Cam could actually fall up here. He could. Because he is he a – I'm, I'm, and I don't mean this – he's in a bad way, but it's just true. He's a smarter, uh, more knowledgeable, I think, human being with the media and he stuff. Is, he is. Uh, he doesn't sound so crazy with the things he does on the sidelines sometimes. I so I, I do think Cam is a little woke, though. I, I do. I do. I think Cam in a system with Belichick 
could actually be dangerous because he could kind of change it up a little bit. He would, but you know this for as a well year as I or two. Do too. You go to the Patriots, you do things the Patriot way. Well, yeah, and that's the thing. I, I was think, that flound? That's <laughs> it goes back to the Tom thing. Was that starting to flounder a little? Yeah, bit? and I, I think like a guy like Cam, you can kind of convince him. Hey, look, you come here for a year or two. Maybe get to the Super Bowl. Maybe be yeah. pretty good. Kind of save your career, make some money at the back end, and then you you will rehab your image by just being quiet. Say what you want in the media. You know what I mean? Well, you, like, know, you know, when they got Moss, Mo- the controversy around Randy Moss at the time, unprecedented. He goes to New England, nobody hears a word out of him, he sets records. And still par one of the best lines of all time in rap music. <laughs> Glitter, glisten, gloss, floss, I catch a beat running like Randy Moss. Man, that's so, so good. good. That's so good. Outcast. Where's Outcast been, man? I need them. We need them in a time like this. Speaking yeah. of that, um, I, I would like to say one thing that is cool during this quarantine time, just kind of an aside, you brought up Outcast, is all the musicians doing the live stream stuff. Yeah. This will be a really cool time for people like Outcast. I thought of this to kind of get back. Yes. And if you've been, yeah. Like absolutely. get back and, and maybe give us some of the old stuff in a small thing. Like get in your living room or your, your basement or your I need recording to hear studio. B.O.B. Dude. It's my guy. That's your dude? My guy, you know who I like? I like. Nappy. I think he's a top five talented musician in the world. I liked. Uh, I was a big fan of the Nappy Roots. I love Nappy. Oh Roots. no, hell no, man! Y'all, Y'all done up and done it. I liked them, and of course, you know, I mean, they were they were good. David, that Bader. was a fun time in the the hip hop R and B rap scene. Is Bob Outcast nappy roots like the mid 2000s so much fun you know people are doing all those challenges now like you know like y'all got the cowboy challenge but i'm talking like the legit challenge like the tide pod challenge oh and yeah, the dumb yeah, thing. yeah i really remember the first thing people did on social media that was like the challenge was when people would ghost ride the whip mm. they, they would have their car going they'd yes. get out and dance beside it you yeah. know and those things were great i think a tommy boy when that happens but <laughs> for different reasons richard you're a riot <laughs> but I've, and I got all, I got sidetracked without. No, we're, okay. sorry, but we're Jackson. back on it. Woo. Uh, he is for real. Uh, going back to the NFL, I think the best move of the off season, and I'm not kidding when I say this. This is going to sound crazy. Philip Rivers to the Colts on a one year deal. I like that. <clears throat> best really offensive do. line in football, which he has not had for the past <laughs> 10, 12 years. Phillip Rivers has gotten hit more than any quarterback in the past 20 years, not even close. And now he goes to the best off- offensive line in football. Uh, he's winding up his career. I'm not, I don't have a real rooting interest in the NFL, but I'm quietly rooting for Phillip Rivers this year. I saw a funny thing that said, uh, speaking of Colts, it was like as soon as Tom Brady left New England, it was Bill Belichick cutting on the phone with Andrew, Andrew Luck. Luck. <laughs> that, was it uh, Joey Molinaro? The, I think it's the new, so, yeah. The new uh, Frank Caliendo guy? I think it was him, yeah. Oh, it was it was, that was so good. Speaking of things that aren't good, though, these uh, people that did the Imagine hate it. thing, it's hate the worst it. thing I've ever heard. Her, hate it. We could have done better in here. No lie, like right Me, now. Me, you, and the dogs. Yeah, yeah. and they didn't sing. Yeah, they didn't. could have done better. It was so bad. Those people were so tone deaf. Yes. <laughs> I don't know what that chick was trying to get out of that. It's was like, it Sarah Silverman? Let me find, uh, no, it was uh, Wonder Woman. I, know I can't think of her name. Yeah, 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 yeah. She's a, a good actress. Yeah. I enjoyed I mean, Wonder yeah. Woman. But the, the, that was That not. was just. Gal Gadot. Gal Gadot. Or something like that, yeah. Yeah. Gidget yeah. Gadot. I don't know, but Gadot is her name. And she just, that she fell short on Gadot, that. Don't do that again. That's what yeah. I say. <laughs> I like things like that. Uh, but no, man, I, you know, I'm. I, Cowboys put the franchise tag on Dak. Mm-hmm. I don't know how I feel about that. Um, I mean, he's just a one-year deal now. He's gone, right? Well, it just means, that, yeah, he, he can't maximize the max contract. But next year him. he's unrestricted, right? 100%, which yeah. I'm happy for him. If they, I mean, you know, here's the thing. I'm reasonable. Yeah. Uh, I'm not one of those people that, like the meme says, you know, get you a man that defends you like a Mississippi State fan defends Dak Prescott. <laughs> uh, I know he's got his flaws, but, man, I think he's a good quarterback. I think he's a top. 10, 12 quarterback in the league. Uh, do I think he should be paid more than anybody else? No. But I think he deserves the respect of Jerry Jones at this point. Put so. some respect on his name. Yeah. Anyhow. I, I'll be honest with you. I think he's a top third quarterback in the league. You yeah, know what I mean? A top third. And if you got a running game and a line and a defense that could stop anybody and some receivers with Amari Cooper yeah. out there, and you know, um, I mean, I, I think he's serviceable. And any but we talked about this during the NFL playoffs. I thought that the Cowboys paid the wrong guy. Yeah. They paid Zeke, and Zeke, I mean, yeah, he's a great running back, but running backs grow on trees now. Do you know who's going to be the starting running back for the Cowboys in two years? Tony Pollard. 
Probably. I mean, it's just the way the world. Yeah. I mean, Zeke's not going to be there. He's going to cause some discontent, or he's yep. going to get hurt. Eight-year deal with a new team. Yeah. yeah. No, you're right. That's what's going to happen. Right. I mean, it's just they're just the great running backs only have so much longevity. Yeah. I mean, the only freak that we I can think of is AP. You know, I mean, he's still doing it. But, like, think about LaDainian Tomlinson was the greatest running back of all time for, like, two years. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? We literally thought he was the next I mean, think about how good Edger and James was for a little while with the Colts. Frank Gore's another guy that's father time. Yeah, but and he's done it through a lot of injuries. But then, like, the Colts have had so many – Edger and James, Frank Gore, Joseph Adai. Like, it was just one all-pro after the other, you know, and it's just – that's just the way running backs are. You put them in a good system with a good, a good, a good guys blind. that can block in front of them is and everything. I think the quarterback's a big key to a good running back. The you quarterback know I mean? to me is the key for everything. And There's a reason why you see the same guys in it every year. Even your quarterbacks who don't throw it a lot but have good running games, they call a good game. They're like that catcher who you know who who's always oh, yeah. you know who's always going to be behind the plate. He, and he might not hit a ton, but. The, the the pitchers know what's going on, and every fielder knows what's going on. And I feel Somebody like somebody sent a tweet out about a week ago that said, "All time baseball team, give me your starting nine. And I responded to it with, "You give me Nolan Ryan on the mound and Yadier Molina behind the plate. I don't care what the other seven are." Yeah, you might not need. I'll beat you. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> I mean, I'll take it. Yeah, yeah. No, I agree. Every time, but that's a great example of the catcher and quarterback. I mean, it's you know, manage the game. Don't make any mistakes. Make sure everything's on par. Make sure you don't make any mistakes, and you're going to win a lot of games. Yeah. Well, you know, I guess, you know, rounding up sports talk, um, it looks like, you know, the way the world's turning, that the NFL could have a full season, you know, or close to a sure. full season. Uh, looks like looks like we might get the end of baseball. You know what I mean? Like I've been hearing um, a little bit before the All-Star break, you know, to a completion kind of thing, you know, looking around June. Uh, of course, college baseball is done. Hate it, uh, but it is what it is. Now, another question before we kind of round up the sports talk. College football. If you have to give it a percentage chance of having a reduced season, what do you give it? And then how many games do they play? I don't know that I can answer it. I mean, I I think if I answer that, I have to answer for the NFL. I have to answer for MLB. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like, it's hard to – I guess the the real question is is just based on opinion, based on what we know, what we don't know, what we guess. When is this thing gonna get us back to normal in the sports world? Right. Um, I'm gonna throw out a, a wild prediction here because you know I like to do that sometimes. Because if do. I'm right, people remember it. If I'm wrong, nobody cares. Right. Um, I think college football is gonna be a conference season only. Okay. So. Eight game season, yep. nine game season. Yep. I think they're only yeah. going to play conference games. They'll figure it, figure it out. You know, even if the, even the teams with an unbalanced conference or something, I think they'll figure that out. Um, maybe a nine ten game schedule. It's going to be shortened. Um, I I feel like I feel like October first. I can see schools being delayed. There's been no spring. You know, um, yeah. I I really think October first might be a. I can see schools not starting until after Labor Day. So, we'll see. You know, and that's I just it's it's interesting to me. I I'm not really a devil's advocate kind of guy, but I feel like there's just so much uncertainty that the thought of it starting on time would be oh, yeah. would be kind of kind of far fetched so right now. That 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 leads me to a question for you that kind of goes in the same vein. What's your in game date for normalcy? When can Brian Baldwin go out and do whatever it is he wants to do with no restrictions whatsoever, as, along with the rest of the working class America and the world? Just a guess, because, I mean, there's no way you can know the answer to this. But Be truthful? Yeah. Never. Okay. I think the world's different. I think it's just like 9-11. I think we can't travel the same anymore. We will never travel the same as we did on September, in, in, in August of tw- you know 2001. You know, I mean, nine, nine, ten, two thousand one was different. You know, I mean, the world changed, You're right. and I think this is going to make it different because this is literally another disease. You know what I mean? That's going to be there. I think it's just changed the world. Now, 100%. in terms of actual normalcy for my life, um, I'm hoping, I'm hoping by the fall. I re- I really like that October date. It gets us through the okay. warm months. Sure. It gives us a good. I mean, this came around in February to October. It gives us a good eight months to have a vaccine, real treatments. Uh, I think as a as a world, we're going to start flattening the curve. And I also think that 
the people that are going to die off are going to die off. I mean, I hate to say that as bad as it is, but I mean, eight months of the yeah. sickly and the old with this disease is going to cause a big. Is there any part of you know, hope with you that the warm weather is going to be some sort of a cure all for this? I think it's wishful thinking. You think so? I think so. Um, because I am a wishful thinker then, in well, other words. Yeah, I think certain diseases are are caused by times of year, like the flu. Yeah. You know, but I feel like people get pneumonia all the time. Yeah. Respiratory illnesses are inside your body, like they yes. attack your lungs. They don't discriminate. They don't discriminate. They're not like they're. Yeah, I mean, and and, and, I, and I don't know enough about it, but I just really feel like this is something that it will not be as deadly during the warmer months, but it will still be prevalent if people are not social distancing now. I think over time we're going to develop an immunity to it, like herd immunity. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, I, I mean, like I'll be honest with you. I think we've been dealing with this since the 1st of December. I agree. I am not fully, I've told you this, I am not fully convinced that I haven't already had it or somebody Same. else at my work has Same already way. had it. I went through about a six-day spell in December, early January, where I felt like death, but it wasn't the flu, and it wasn't sinus trouble. Well, you know, I just didn't know what it was. Out now saying that you know all these different hospital and doctor visits mm -hmm. that tested negative for the flu in that time, but... People felt like death. 200 kids at New Albany Elementary School missed school for the flu. Really? But they didn't have all have the flu. Like, you know what well, I mean? And, and, I mean, and you know, flu is, is, it's never, it's prevalent. We talk about it every year around that time. It's, oh, you know, it's going around. But never 200 kids in one school. And that's our go-to. I'm sick, I got the flu. Well, have you been to the doctor and McDiagnosed yeah. with the flu? Well, no, I got flu-like symptoms. Well... Now that's different. Now that's different. Yep. Before it was very wasn't. different. And coronaviruses has been have been around for a while. This is just the first time, like I said, that this has been able to be passed from animal to human. And now it's going from human to human. Yes. So it's a big deal. Uh I I'm hoping for October. You know what I mean? That's kinda like when summer ends. You know what I mean? And uh I'm I'm hoping by then football's going and we're all able to be back on campuses and you and I are in the radio studio talking about high school football. Yeah. I hope that's what's going on. I really do. My hope is mid-June, okay, which I think is facetious probably. But obviously, you know, anybody that listens to this knows by now, I have a team to coach mm -hmm. in the summer. And those kids specifically are heartbroken right now because they're probably not going to get to finish their high school season, specifically the ones that I coach that are seniors, some of which played 13 to 20 games in a JUCO baseball season that will come back that will have no way to prepare to go back to school next year to play baseball next year. And, and I'm hoping that for their sake that we can continue on. Some form or fashion, I can tell you the longer this thing goes on, you know, people need money, people need food, people need the bare essentials to get by, and they're gonna, it's going to get worse, and we're going to need more. P the more people panic, the worse it'll get. So if you quit panicking, I'll quit talking. But one thing that we all need for the heart, for the head, for the mind, for peace of mind, is sports. We do. If you don't think that sports is important, people, watch the next month. Mm -hmm. See what happens to society without sports. I'm really missing the fact that I'm not going to get to hear Luther Vandross at the end. Right now, Brian, we should be watching like a 7-10 game on TBS or True TV. We should, we should be watching right now. We should be watching the AAC Conference Champion Ten seed Memphis Tigers <laughs> defeating LSU. defeating Trendon Watford, Will Wade, and the Cheaters from LSU. <laughs> that would not happen. <laughs> Memphis was not making the tournament. You but you know? get what I'm saying. That's just uh, yeah. And, and and like I said, I feel it most for the kids and the coaches and the parents who aren't going to get to enjoy these years that uh, we all have taken for granted. You, when you're in high school, man, I'm gonna play sports. My parents gonna watch me. My coach gonna coach yeah. me. Literally, these people have lost a year of their. These kids have lost a year of their formative life. I mean, uh, uh, I mean, like you know, a formative year of their lives because you can't get that senior year back. You can cannot. You think about the kids that are extremely dedicated, the ones that are going to play college baseball. This is how what people knew them for. Mm -hmm. I mean, you know, I'm not saying that they're not academically good or you know they're not good in the community, but like you bring up a couple of my kids' names. Not there's there's not all of them. People go say, "Oh yeah, he goes to church with me." He's a great guy. He's in student council. No, he throws 90. And he can swing that stick. You know, it, that, 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 
small community kids. I mean, that's you know you hate it. Yeah. Well, I tell you before we before we wrap up the pod, uh, I want to me and McKinley. We always like to give some some encouraging words for times like these. But yeah. I want I want to tell you, um, uh, make sure in these next few weeks you are gracious to folks who uh, you know are trying their best. Like for instance, like our guys Delvin Tyreek. They're minor league players. They're under contract. They can't go get another job because at any minute, MILB, who makes millions of dollars off of them, can say, hey, guys, time to be in Arizona. You know what I mean? Like, they're, they're kind of ham- handcuffed. So, it's it's um, when you see guys that are, are – or you have uh, your friend who you work with or, or the guy you go to church with who worked at so-and-so factory, yeah. and you know these people, um, everybody has pride. They probably won't take your money. And you, you probably don't – you know, that's not what I'm trying to say, but feel free to buy them lunch. Yeah, a Venmo and fifty bucks. Say go get some groceries on me. You know what I mean? Or absolutely. Or uh, you know, say you got a guy like Delvin, okay, uh, who's one of the most awesome and prideful people ever. Go ahead and send him a hundred bucks and say, look, uh, when this passes over, this is a, a prepayment for my kid's batting lessons. You know what I mean? Like do something for these people, uh, these these high school seniors who are going to miss out on a graduation and probably aren't going to be able to send you those. Uh, graduation invitations where you send them back a hundred bucks and don't come let's go send them an extra 50 this year you know what i mean like make Agree. make make sure that and you could easily take this time to berate them and tell them you know just shut up we got to wait till this thing passes life's not all the world about you well right now seniors in high school everything is about them. young adults who have who are yes. young parents you know yes. um who are trying to make their way uh, man, I know a lot of single moms, single dads who are really going to struggle because their financial uh, means have been taken away from them due to Correct. due to stuff that's going on. And and now some of them have their kids at home with them. Yep, yep. And uh, you know, and it's it's difficult. Some of them can't go to work, and they got their kids, and they might have several kids. And you know, whereas your kid was going to school and eating breakfast and lunch, now they're eating at home, and that's an extra cost. And you're having to teach. It's just, there's just a lot going on. So, well, McKinley. You got any shout-outs you want to give to folks to be safe? Anybody in particular? Uh, not particular, but, I, you know, I, I spend a good bit of time, especially during the quarantine, on social media. And every time somebody says, be kind to this person or this person, I always pay attention. I try to think about somebody I know. and But there's a lot of them that we don't think about. And this is, I don't want you to think about me. I want you to think about others. But people that work in businesses that can't close, like funeral homes, we can't close down right now. Or a company fixing to make a bunch of masks. Yeah. Blue Delta jeans. You uh, you can't close, Mac. Y'all don't stop. We're open 24-7, 365. This is man. a weird time for y'all. Very, very weird. Because there's a lot of questions about what's going on. I had to make a uh, a removal for a deceased the other night in Corinth at a at a at a home. Not a home, uh, uh what do you uh, uh living facility. Yeah. Uh, assisted living and uh those people really 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 need not just the patients but the people that work there too because they're not only they're just like nurses they're just a little bit more not on the front lines they're exposed to this they are they are practically in their own quarantine anyway so be thinking about them you know be thinking about uh i tell you one that we haven't mentioned at all and hardly anybody has is law enforcement and with trying times ahead, there's no telling what their what their days ahead look like. But in all in all, I guess with all these shout outs and all the things that Brian and I are saying, they're nice. Brian said it last time we got on about the coronavirus and it needs to be said again. Have some sympathy for people. Be kind. Mm-hmm. There's never a better time to do it. Never a better time to practice it. We're all in this together. And, uh, as Bill Pullman said in Independence Day, we will go on. We will not go quietly into the night. We will not go quietly into the night. And in July, hopefully all of us will celebrate our Independence Day. For sure. <laughs> um, there are too many ways for you to be able to reach out through people for electronically. Yes. Uh, kind words, Venmos, PayPals, Cash Apps. Um, like I said, uh, don't cancel your memberships. No, uh, you know you got you got local gyms and, and stuff like that. Keep them going if you can. Um, and I'm gonna be honest with you, over tip right now, under order over tip. I did earlier. I mean, I bought you know there yeah. For instance, the other day I went to uh, just Scarlet's, got some donuts for my people this morning, and you know it was like eight dollars. I gave him a twenty. 
thank you for being here. Good luck. They ain't going to be in business in a week. They're going to be shutting down. You know what I mean? It's just the way of the world. Those are high school kids that go to Tupelo. They have their Tupelo yeah. sports shirts on. Yeah. You know I mean? It's going to be the only money they make right now. So, yeah, That's just right. over under order, over tip. And uh, don't go buy in bulk. And I want to give a few shout-outs. I don't mention some folks enough on you know on the podcast uh, personally. Um, some older family of mine, my Aunt Brenda, Uncle Gary. Uh, you know, I mentioned them on a podcast about my family history and, and uh, on Gore's podcast. But uh, I don't see them often. And uh, I, you know, I worry about them. Sure. Um, I, you know, I'm, I'm worried about uh, a lot of the older folks around. Um, check in on them. Check in on them. Um, you know, there's a. I'm worried about uh, my friend Nick Weaver's wife, Augusta. She is having a baby in a week. You know, he's got a he's got a, a sweet mother who's always had some kind of a not never had like health issues, but she's just older. Yeah. You know, she's not the healthiest person ever. Uh, you know, I just there's a lot of people that I'm you know I worry about. Like I said, there's a there's a cute girl down in South Lee County. I hang out with her once in a while. I'm worried about her. You know, I mean, uh, there's just all kind of people. I'm worried about Josh. Who's my one of my best friends? Uh, you know, he was born with a, a heart defect. You know what happens if he gets sick? You know what I mean? Like uh, he he's got a pacemaker. Like all these things concern me, and I just I really want everybody to be safe, not just for yourself, but for the people around you. Just absolutely point blank. You never know what you got, and if you don't know what you got, just don't give it to somebody else. Just stay quarantined. I agree. So anyway, we'll wrap us up, Mac. It's that time of night. Well, folks, we appreciate you always as li- listening. Uh, you can check us out. We'll link our podcast on Spotify, Stitcher, and Fireside. You can find us on Twitter at The Happening Pod and on Instagram at Happening Pod. Uh, we will hopefully get together soon again and give you some more updates and talk about what's on our mind. Thanks again for listening. You stay classy, Tupelo, and wash your hands. Mm-hmm.